Hello, friends. I just want to reiterate that we are in the horror arc now. And uh, there are going to be some scary moments, and there might be some adult themes that aren't appropriate for everybody. So be warned and enjoy. Guys, we are running our first Fantasy Pants giveaway. Um, we're giving you the chance to win a full body custom D&D character portrait of your D&D character done by a real portrait artist, and it's really simple to enter. All you have to do is tag Fantasy Pants anywhere on social media. I don't care if it's an Instagram story, an Instagram reel, a Facebook post, a Facebook, do they have stories? I don't know. We're also new to TikTok, so all you have to do on TikTok is follow us there. You don't have to like or tag anything. Tag us on Instagram or Facebook, follow us on TikTok, that's it, and you'll be entered in it for a chance to win. Hello, friends. Just wanted to add on to what Stephen was saying about the contest. Uh, the deadline for submissions is Wednesday, April 26th. So you have until then to tag us on Instagram, Facebook, share us all there, and uh, follow us on TikTok. Uh, thank you so, so much. And without further ado, here is episode 29. I promise. For reals. No more intros. Monster they follow with their lives all at stake, and they march. Oh, they march. I got. I got to give you props for that, man. I saw you writing that at the bar like 30 minutes ago. Oh yeah, yeah. That That's was a crazy. Rush. That was a rush. Yeah, those <laughs> are those are awesome. I really like how they come out. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. Fucking solid. Because I don't spend that much time on them, honestly. So I, <laughs> I'm so conscious. I just kind of try to rush through them. Uh, man, oh man, here we are. Finally, really getting the horror in this horror arc. Uh, really hitting that feel. It's getting scary. Yeah. Like oh. I, every time we start to play, I get genuinely uneasy feelings. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Because tonight, we're going to crank the scary up just a little bit of a notch. Before we get to that, gentlemen. Yes. You guys, something you want to talk to me about? What was that? What was that all about? Oh, I'll let Stephen take this one. Oh, all right. Well, it's going to take he's, me. He's, a, he's got the goods. It's going to take me a second to pull up the uh, Instagram poll. Oh, quick, Jeremy, sing. Fill the time. Deck the hall. <laughs> <laughs> explain wait for a, our listeners what you're wait showing. Wait a damn second. Okay, so explain. they are showing me a poll taken of our of 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 you, the pants people, 
on Instagram, and you have overwhelmingly decided that Letterkenny is better than Friends. To which I say, nay, pants people, nay. Now, one of these is a cultural landmark. And one of these will be forgotten in two years, left to the dust of time. And that one is Letterkenny. This is, that went different than I expected it to go. I'll, I'll admit that culturally, Friends is more significant than Letterkenny. All right, cool. That's all you have to say. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started on the... <laughs> but, but so is like movies like The Room. I haven't seen that yet. Don't diss The Room. Doesn't make it good. You it, can be culturally significant and less good. Okay, but while the room is not good, it is fantastic. Right. So can't Friends be fantastic? Now I have a lot of fun when I watch the room, and I have some fun when I'm watching Friends. Um, friend of the show, hungry familiar from Instagram, who made a map of the ugly coyote for us. She reached out to me when she saw the poll. Uh, mentioning Letterkenny. Turns out her, I don't remember if it's her sister or her cousin, but somebody in her family uh, worked on the first two seasons of Letterkenny in like the art department or something like that. And uh, in the the background, you know, because all the like flyers and poster boards and stuff like that, that all has to get made by the uh, art department. <clears throat> so there was a lost cat poster up a couple times in the show and the cat that was featured on the last cat poster was her cat, the very hungry familiar. That's so cool. Right? That is wild. So did we they find have the like cat? A... <laughs> did they find the cat? Uh, you'll have to watch to find out. Damn it! Yes. <laughs> Damn it! So we have Damn like it. yeah, I don't... we have like what is it like three degrees or four degrees from from Letterkenny. David. The cat is famous. David. Yeah. What, what's you up? You have no legitimate excuse anymore. That this is this case is closed. Well, now I know the plot of the show. I have the, to watch this it. This case is closed. Our community demands it. <laughs> the plot of the show is that a cat is missing. I will I will I will see that through. If they don't explain the missing cat in the runtime of this show, I will find you, Steven. I'll find you. Cool. All right. Great. <laughs> I'll find you and I'll kill your character. I'll see you at work tomorrow morning. <laughs> you know, speaking of reaching out, um, uh, so I actually, uh, I've mentioned before Paul Metzger, uh, now friend of the show, Paul Metzger, uh, who uh, has a, has a, has a uh, shop on DMs Guild and he makes a lot of pretty cool stuff. He makes, uh, he's the father of the Chester, Jean Franklin, and Pepper stat blocks in his Sidekicks Essentials. Uh, PDF that I bought, and I reached out and was like, hey, man, thanked him for the PDF, told him that we've been using it, and that it's really helping to showcase how awesome sidekicks can be uh, mm-hmm. when utilized well in a game like this. And uh, he's the coolest guy. He, he actually sent me a bunch of other work of his uh, for free, credited, and, and just, uh, just give me a check to let me look at it. And nice. man, it's awesome stuff. We have also we have some really expanded lists for sidekick stat blocks, and I think it's kind of become a staple of our, of our, our little show here, and I'm really excited to see more of these stat blocks, more of these characters being built because we've seen how far they've come. Uh, these little sheets with numbers with these characters like Chester, John Franklin, and, and the like. It's, it's, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Th- thank you, Paul. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, Paul. Awesome. So much. Super cool. D&D community is the greatest community out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Just just really, really cool folks all around. Um, well, now I can't wait until one of our sidekicks dies so we can use all this new stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, can make, I, I can make that happen. <laughs> 
I have it on good authority that everyone hates Chester, so we'll we'll start with him. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. It's <laughs> John Franklin. Everyone loves that guy. Massively popular. Uh, uh, hell, yes. So, anything else, gentlemen? I think we covered everything. I'm ready to play. Yeah. I'm very, very excited for this night. Because I'm going to try out something a little bit new, a little exciting, a little interesting, and maybe even a little dangerous. Bring it on. Well, before we can get to that, let's cut back to your journey through the rattle. There it is. Some time has passed since you've left the shores of Cradle Ace Lake behind, heading north. Now you are moving off-road here. So you've cut through this farmland for what was once Cradle Ace Farm, reached the heavy wood on the side, and as you are, were preparing to move into that wood, uh, unfortunately, the wagon would not be able to carry you any farther. So that was, unfortunately, left behind. Proclaimer Ward, bid farewell to it, vowed to return, but there is something here to see through, and so Ward was willing to make that sacrifice for now. Now we stand where morning is finally coming upon this dark night. Slowly, you see the sky begins to burn, the sun rising. You can't quite make it out amongst the trees. You can see it slowly creeping into the mist-filled skies above you. The dark and scary night has ended. You see, at this point, Orin, Cully, the man you're here for, is riding upon the only remaining horse. Exhausted. While you guys took your long rest and had a, a, a nice, pleasant wagon journey through the ribbon to reach the rattle this prior day, Coley did not. He bolted here and did a short reprieve at Cradle Lace Lake as he waited for you where you came upon him. But he is exhausted. And so Ward swiftly, uh, after, after a lot of convincing, finally got Coley to take them out. And he is leading you up a man on a mission. Eyes blazing. And you guys move. Trees part. And you see a open field ahead of you. Much like the one you've left behind. But there is no massive pool resting quietly in the middle of this one. Instead, you see somewhere at the top of a hill in the middle of this land small stone home. Thick black smoke rising from a chimney. A line against that burning sky. You see uh, off to the sides in this field there are some dilapidated barns torn down with age. Broken wood. The, 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 the remains of pens. Fences just destroyed by age. This was once a farm, but seems to no longer carry that shit. What's a word? Give me a word. Moniker? Is that the word? I don't know. Fine. Carry that moniker. Well, no, I don't know if that's the. No, that sounds cool. We're doing that. That's what we're doing. As you move on to here, Reclaimer Ward speaks up. All right. We made it. It's Uncle Polder's farm. Well, once a farm. Long ago, it got torn down a while back. Family moved to the to the ribbon to promise. It was hard making it work out here in the rattle. 
for some time, no one did it. Only just now, these farm packs have started moving back out here, setting up. But Uncle Porter here, he doesn't run a farm anymore. He just lives out here in this old home. Good fella. Really knows a rattle. We make it to him. We might get some information. Well, uh, yeah. We can, uh... Let's go visit your uncle. <laughs> Not really my uncle. Might call him everyone's uncle. He just likes the name. Now, as you've traveled, you've seen some signs of uh, that sort of activity you saw before, the sort of uh, burrowed holes into the ground. One, or many, many small ones that occasionally pop up again like little gopher holes, and then a short while later, after you see some tracks, fingers in the in the muck disappearing once again. And every once in a while, in the middle of all these, you see another one of these huge holes. Part of the reason the, the wagon could not carry you is the ground has become rough and uneven where this trail has been dug, cutting straight north. You see those tracks again, something moving, something with many fingers digging into the mud, something not moving naturally, writhing, shambling. And it's big. I told you human size before, but no. As time goes on, you see, as you see more of these holes, you're thinking bigger than a human. The size of a cow, perhaps. A bowl. How many of these holes are we seeing? Only one that size. And it seems right. to be uh, basically just every once in a while, it seems to have crawled up, scrambled across the, the surface for a short while, and then dug again. And there are smaller ones that tunnel up and down along with it? Yes, along the side. There's many, many smaller holes as well. How many is many? How about you give me a survival track? Oh. Um, well, I didn't... I can't count holes, apparently. <laughs> are, are we doing survival checks all around? Sure, anyone can. I'll actually hold one for, uh, for Orin as well. Nope. Uh, I got a 16. Uh, 16? Okay, yeah. Oren's too driven. He, he didn't even look uh, with his two on the die. But what you're looking around was you're seeing this. You're clocking maybe somewhere between 20, 25 holes, other, oh. other, other paths. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah. Some of them branch off, though, actually. As you're going in, you see a few of these things uh, almost start to skirt away from the main. I'll give you, actually give you one more thing, too. With that 16... You get the impression that whatever this is, it's not digging very fast. It's been a slow journey huh. across this land. Are are any of these branching off in the direction of uh, Uncle's? What's it? Was it? What's his name? Uncle what? Uncle Polder. Uncle Polder. Uh, the entire set is moving in that direction. Oh, okay. As that Uncle Polder's Oy. place is due straight north, basically, of Cradle Ace Lake. And somewhere shortly uh, north of that is the farm pact on which Kiana apparently works. So, I don't know if we're necessarily visiting Uncle Polder or maybe, hopefully, saving him. And Coley speaks up. Well, he's got a fire lit. Whatever this is, I doubt it's sitting cozy by the fireplace. Gives you by these tracks if this thing got him. The fire would have burnt out a day or two ago. That's, that's a good point. Um, let's go see. Uh, maybe he saw something. 
Not me. And like, he doesn't even look at you, his eyes constantly facing forward, not looking at the house, not looking at the road, looking at something he can't see far beyond it, staring into the dark. You guys step onto the great open farm, or once a farm, now dead, inactive for many years, it seems. And you begin to cross. As we're walking towards this cabin, I'm sure, you know, the party is somewhat stretched out. Uh, Zebulon wants to find a, a quiet moment with Jean and, uh, and just ask him, uh, Jean, I, I want you to keep Cully close. Don't, don't let him out of your sight. I don't know if he's gonna run off again or, um, just keep an eye on him for me. Could you do that? I mean, I shouldn't inform you. He is on a horse. I can't chase a horse. Yeah, I, well, I mean, sort of like if he runs off with the horse, somebody will be there to see him run off with the horse, and you can sound the alarm. You could put me on a horse. It really doesn't feel like it's my say who gets to ride the horse. I'm just saying I'm, well, higher born. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I can walk in the mud. My fine new boots, fine. Very well. Do you want me to tie the laces tighter, or...? No! Don't touch them. <laughs> You'll mar them. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he nods, and you see he shambles a little closer to the horse and kind of at its side. Uh, but he's also just, like, he's been very quiet, very angry. It's, it's a long, kind of kind of gross journey through rough ground. It's, he, he's not in his most highest total spirits this evening, or morning, should say. You guys begin to move. You're crossing this farmland, that stone building ahead, getting a little closer. A little closer. I want everyone to roll a perception check. Oh. I got a seven for Jules. Uh... 13 for Zeb, just a 7 for Jean. Let me do a quick roll for the NPCs. And that's a 21 for Chester. Ooh, oh, hell Chester, yeah. Chester, my man. Hell he, yeah. He's coming clutch on those the last two episodes. Perceptive little bugger. Mm-hmm. You guys are moving. And then you see both Chester and Proclaimer Ward stop in the tracks. They start looking around. They glance at each other, glance towards the ground. Hey guys, you feel it? The ground's shaking. The ground's shaking. What? Oh, and no. Ward's eyes go wide. Cully's, uh, just, just the horse stops as he pulls in the reins, white knuckles, and looks at Ward, who looks at him. And in unison, they just say, or whisper a word, just sheer terror. Boulet. It's Boulet. A Boulet. We gotta run. Run. Wait, now. Wait, wait, run. Wait, what's Boulet? What's a Boulet? And as you say that, 60 feet behind you, something massive erupts <sighs> from the ground. You see this large shelled reptile, this massive, massive maw opening. These eyes, tiny and yellow, and this huge head glaring at you. It's got these gigantic claws made for burrowing, and you see these claws forward as it rips out of the ground and... 
as, as its feet touch down, you begin to shake. The ground shakes. And without a moment's notice, this thing begins to charge. All right. Now here's how this is going to go. We are running, essentially, a chase sequence. I've got some new mechanics for this. Oh, my God. Now, given the way Cully and Oren reacted to this, uh, Cully and Ward and Oren and Lady Dre reacted to this, you know this is not something you want to turn and face right now. All right, looks like we're running. Yep. So let me give you some quick uh, information on how this is going to go. Well, there'll be no initiative roll for this. All this action is going down at the same time. Each round, you're going to roll an athletics check. Now, this check is basically going to assume you're using the dash action, which means uh, unless you want to take a penalty, probably disadvantage on this check, uh, Jules, you're going to only have bonus actions available each round to potentially utilize. Zebulon, uh. however, has cunning action as a rogue, which means you can use uh, your action, essentially, to give someone the help action, give them advantage on their roll uh. each round, or dash to give yourself advantage on this roll. Okay. Um, you also could take any other actions you could think of, because your bonus action is being used to maintain fast running speed. The boulet has higher speed than you. So it's going to go, it's going to get a nice little bonus to its rolls. The riding horse that Orin's on is going to blow everyone else away. So that's one thing that I can say is you don't need to worry about that. As this is happening, you see that horse, takes off, is running. The the, the amount, the, the bonus it has on this uh, on this roll, or every roll, is it's it's egregious. I'm not even going to bother rolling for him. He's gone. He's out of there. Okay, good. Excellent. Don't have to worry about him. So it's going to be Jules, John Franklin, Chester, Zebulon, and Proclaimer Ward feet on the ground, moving. So here's what's going to go. This thing starts off 60 feet behind you. Uh, basically, depending on your rolls, you're either going to drop or gain distance against this creature. If you fail by 5 or more, you're going to lose 20 feet. If you fail by less than 5, you're going to lose 10 feet. If you succeed by 5 or more, you're going to gain 20. If you succeed but not by 5, you're going to gain 10. Understand? Yes. Okay. Yes. So keep in mind, anything else you could do creatively with your bonus action or your action to help your people out here, because this is going to get a little scary. You see, I have a counter on the top for rounds. And with that, let the chase begin. Everyone roll an athletics check. Jules got a nine. Okay. Uh, Zebulon got a 13, and Jean got a five um geez yeah like even if i use the help action that's only going to give him what an extra two is that how that works no help is advantage oh okay yeah then i'll use my bonus action to give jean advantage okay and that's just a 10 okay and 10 uh, for jean chester got a net 20 holy nice. shit excellent chester yeah, Chester fast. So the horse, I'm going to move to the very end here. It's going to stay at the, the very end of the range, which is about as 100 feet out. As this thing begins to move on you, as we go through the first round of this chase, Chester gets ahead 20 feet. Jean still falls behind 20. He's now 40 feet away from this thing. Zebulon, you stay exactly where you are because you matched the boulet with a 13. Okay. And Jules, you're 10 feet back. Ward also falls 10 feet back. So now uh, Jean Franklin's in the rear as this thing is moving. 
digging to the ground, just destroying the land as it goes. We're going into round two. Give me those rolls. Jan! Jan, catch up! Jan! <laughs> Why did I stop exercising? All right. Uh, I'm going to roll for these guys and then see what I want to do about it. All right. That's an 18 for Zeb. 11 for Jean, and, uh, um, all right. So I'll, I'll goad him again and give him that advantage. <laughs> yes, that's you're doing it. You're just, like, ahead of him goading him on. Yeah. Jean, that thing's going to kill you. Come on, Jean. All right. Well, the first roll was a 14. Okay. That's Jean? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I'll ask next round, maybe. Gave him advantage. Are you going to do another roll? Uh, yeah, the other roll was lower. Oh, gotcha. Okay, great, great. So, uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunate. Not too, too bad, though. With a 14, Jean's going to fall another 10 behind. He's only 30 feet away. <laughs> Zebulon, you've, like, full-on, you're so fast, you full-on turn around, and you're, like, skipping backwards as you're yeah. goading him with your hands, trying to, trying to get him on. Jean's trying so hard. But he's got this big, bulky turtle shell. He's literally a turtle. Um, <laughs> he's just trying so hard. Jules got a 13. 13. And Chester got a 16. Okay. And Zebulon, I didn't catch yours. 18. 18, great, okay. Chester falls 10 behind. He's slowly kind of getting a little, losing a little bit. Zebulon, you stay where you are again. Jeez. Oh, no. That's right. It, that it, means it's really bad you've for You've actually this thing twice. Uh, Jean does fall behind by, you got a 14, right? Yeah. yeah. He's fine then. He's only, he's only at uh he's only staying at thirty at eighteen, oh, okay. and Jules that puts you behind by another ten. Jules, you're forty feet away from this thing. Jean is thirty. You have three rounds to go. What can you? So you said this thing is ripping up the ground as it runs. Yes. So yeah. like it's like half it burrowing to the ground. Oh, okay. It's it's actually like 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 it's it's halfway like it's kind of like plunging in. Now you see it's making these massive oh, leaps okay. into the air and crashing down okay. and up again, crashing and like. I'll tell you right now, if it gets within 10 feet of you, the following round, it's going to make a leaping strike at you. And you do not want to get hit by that. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll say what I want to do. Then, David, tell me, tell me if this works. Um, so like you said, turned around sort of backwards, facing uh, the group running behind us in the bole. Uh, Zeb's going to shout to his friends, uh, guys, uh, watch out. Don't, don't step on these. And he's going to use his bonus action this time to lay down caltrops. Okay, or use your action, your full action, because your bonus action is your run. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Then, yeah, yeah I'd rather do great. that. You can do that. Okay, so you drop your caltrops. That is interesting. I'll give myself a negative on this. Okay, excellent. I was hoping you'd give us something. That's cool. That's cool as hell. You're sacrificing an item for it. Yeah, hell yeah. I love that. You're closing into halfway towards the actual farmhouse on round three here. Ward has also fallen back as well. Is this farmhouse going to save us from this thing? Like As you get closer, it looks like heavily reinforced stone. Oh. So it might, right. be, might be okay. what you need. Here go the rolls. Natural one for Zebulon. Okay. 17 for Jean. Okay. Seven for Jules. 14 for Chester. I quickly do my ward. Okay. 
on this round. Oh, no, Ward stays exactly in place with an 18. It's another 18 for me. Jules has pulled back a little farther, now by Jean Franklin's side, 20 feet away from this thing. As it's jumping, destroying the land, jumping, and just now, as you use your action, it's going to touch those Caltrops on this next turn. As a bonus action, Jules is going to cast Bardic Inspiration on Jean Franklin. Holy shit! Damn. <laughs> In what? this situation, he would not do it on himself. That's wow. Uh, wow. Pretty selfless. Okay, okay. You cast this on Jean Franklin. He, your 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 loot lights up, blasts him, and you see he's kind of. <laughs> he kind of starts running a little faster. He looks at you, and he's got this look in his eyes of just like <sighs> gratitude mixed with concern because he sees that you're struggling just as much as he is now. He just gives you like a, a sweaty turtle nod. Turtle sweat? Um, maybe turtles. There we go. Turtle sweat. <laughs> He's your turtle, so he sweats. It's a humanoid turtle, so we're going to pretend that he sweats. Zebulon, with your natural one, I'm going to move you back 30 feet. Yeah, that's As you stumble. Fair. That's fair. Um, you basically, you're looking at Jean, you're trying to egg him on, and you hit a root. You go tumbling down. You manage to catch yourself, but you've lost 30 feet. You're now 30 feet away from this thing, just ahead of Jean and Jules. Next round, what I'm going to do, because I think the Caltrops thing was really cool, he hits it and kind of flinches back for a second. I'm going to give him disadvantage on this athletics check. Oh, excellent. That's great. Still is a good, okay. still is a good bonus, but yeah. this might be enough, because if he clears any closer to you in the next round, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. As this thing is right on you, and you are close to the farmhouse now. You're close, but you still got a ways to go. Let's make that chase roll. All right. Before I even roll, I'm going to give Jean a button. I'm going to oh. give Jean advantage. Okay, I'll take it. All right. Shit. All right, I'm going to roll for Jean first. All right. Um... John got a dirty, dirty twenty, so I'm gonna keep that. Not gonna use his uh, bardic inspiration. Let's see how Zeb does. Um, yeah, I'm gonna keep it. That's a fourteen for Zeb, and I'm going to use my cunning action to give Jules advantage. Oh, Jules, come on, man. We we can't get any closer to this thing. I'm trying. I'm trying. Come on, just follow me. Let's go. It's a 20 for Jules. And a 16 for Chester. Fantastic. Jules and Chester are both going to move 20 feet farther. Chester's Excellent. now 80 feet. Excellent. Fully Shit. in the safe zone, pretty much. Wow. Jules, you're now 40 feet away. You're moving. Steven, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving me those numbers again, I I just rolled something, and it kind of, say it rattled me a little bit. But hey, go ahead and give me eh. those numbers real quick. Haha. Um, Zeb got a 14, and Jean was a dirty 20. Okay. Let me show my hand. You both get 20 feet ahead of this thing. This last-minute spurt pushing you as you move, 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 feet pounding. This thing rolled a 1. So basically anything that's... Oh, my God. I haven't rolled that good. I had a plus 8. I've rolled pretty bad this whole time. Um, was that with the disadvantage? That was because of disadvantage. Oh, man. The initial Excellent. one was going to be an 18 plus 8, which would have been 
awful. Yeah. So this thing basically hits the Calatrops and straight up just kind of like screams out, almost peels away. As you see, like the Calatrops all just like uh, uh, they it, it jumps down into the ground and they all get taken into its mouth oh. and they literally cover its tongue. This big wet reptilian tongue that's like just like hungering it's just like hanging out there and it rips into its tongue it screams and stops for a half second and just kind of turns and pounds again take that you big bug yeah you tell him zap proclaimer <laughs> tungsten ward also rolled a one. Oh okay. no okay oh shit i think there's still time you begin to make moves you are pounding next to them away from this thing, but you see you see Ward falls and drops 30 feet behind you, <sighs> the natural one. Oh my god. On the top of this last round, Ward is 10 feet away from the boule. What the fuck are we gonna do? I think as Ward falls, as you move on, you just hear a voice right beside you for a brief second as you're moving past it just say, ah, Shit. I wish I could've heard it part of the song they'll write about me and you guys are moving as we move into this last round you are fully in the clear you are all far enough away this thing cannot reach you and as you reach the door and you see Oren already down pounding onto the door opens up ahead of you and you see you have a way in the face of an old bearded man peeking out and you look back as Tungsten Ward stands and turns towards the boule, and you watch as one mighty leap. I'm gonna roll a deck save. I'm not going to roll damage because there Fuck. is virtually no world. Ward looks back over their shoulder with one last little smile. Rainbow scarf blowing in the wind as this monstrosity leaps down its maw consumes them gone under the ground and you all make it inside door slams shut alright we're back we had to uh we had to take a minute. Zebulon pounds on the inside of the door. Shit! No! Shit! And he opens the door. Hey, what are you doing? Zeb, don't be stupid! Hey, yeah! Hey. And he goes out to the hole where the thing went down. Are you fully sure about... No, you said, you said it. Well, it's down and gone. Right? I mean, if he sees it there, he's not going to go there. I'll say this. As you approach the hole... Even before you reach the edge of it, you feel the ground begin to shake as something is moving up. He's giving you a chance here. Okay. Yeah. He's giving it's you a somehow, chance. Now I understand. It somehow knows you're up there. Okay, sure. You. All right. So I'm assuming he got not far from the door. As you step over to the hole, though, something does sort of blow out. You move over to the hole. You oh, hear, come on. You feel this shaking, and something seems to blown by the wind out of the hole right into your hand. You catch... A rainbow scarf. As the door slams, you can hear the something blasting out of the earth again. A pot-bellied old man, broad-shouldered, and just generally very rough and tumble with age. Big white beard. Just 
What in the hell? What in the hell are y'all doing? You damn near scared the shit out of me. Oh, man. Oh, I don't have that much food. I can't, I can't take you. Can't take you off alone. What's this horse doing in here? The horse is just up in the corner of the room. <laughs> like knocking over some shit. What, what, what the fuck was that out there? Uh, a boule. You, you ain't know what a boule is and you're hearing the rattle? Oh, my. They don't, they don't come this way. They don't come this far to the east. Not often, but this one's been hanging out around here for days now. I can't leave. I've been trapped. Eating what I got for store, and now you're trapped too. We're in the middle of the field, and it's hunting here. That that kind of like, that kind of pushes Zebulon over the edge. I think he puts his back up against the wall, and slumps down. And a couple of frustrated tears come out, and he pushes his face into the into the scarf. What in the fuck are we gonna do now, Cully? What are we gonna do? And. Cully just staring out the window. Very small window set in the masonry. Doesn't look at you, doesn't blink. Land sharks, they call them. Land sharks. Nasty. I didn't think. He's right, they never come this far. Not to the east, they're farther out, but... Shit, shit. They're drawn to seismic activity to think they're hunting something. They felt it. They felt it move through here. That's why they came. They're looking for whoever left that hole. Those holes. Shit. I should have figured. I think Jules is going to come up right behind Cully. So how do we kill this thing? We ain't going to kill it. They're monsters. Apex predators here in the rattle. Nothing kills a boule. Wiping his eyes... It's not possible at all. They're strong. They got armored shells, and they're vital. And they're deadly. You saw what it did out there, that leap. That's how they kill their prey. Come down from above, crashing. They bludge them to death while they, while they tear them to shreds. We can't, we can't go out there again. And it's been here for days. It ain't, it ain't moved. I don't know why it's held up here on this land. Well, we can't stay in here either. No, we can't. Kiona's waiting for us, and that thing moved by. I think actually at mention of, of a thing, you see this, this old white-bearded man kind of looks over at all of you. Wait. What are y'all doing here? Anyway, what are y'all, what are y'all chasing through my land? I don't know. It's got a, a bunch of hands, and it, it's crawling and digging, and... We're just following him. Points to Cully. Hands. And the farmer walks over to uh, his fireplace, still lit. And the room is, honestly, with this masonry and, and the weather, it's not even really wintertime here. Um, it's uncomfortably hot in this house. He goes to his fire poker and like lifts it up, and you see, uh, sitting on the edge of it, pierced through the palm, is a severed hand. So you know of these things. This one came the other day. I've had my fireplace lit since. Middle of the night, I was woken up. Something big came to my door. I heard pounding, pounding against every bit of wall. 
like many hands knocking and scratching. And then something on the roof. This thing fell through and I stabbed it through, but I lit the fire. A couple more fell into it. Hands moving on their own. And something big with them. And it spoke. It spoke in my mind. With a child's voice. A little boy. Looking for his friend. I held out. I think I moved on. I couldn't get through this this house. It's reinforced stone. Even these boulets have trouble getting in here. But damn it, I I ain't never seen anything like that. Zebulon's really like too too shocked at this point to to do anything but just take in this information like he just watched Ward die. He's trapped in this house. And as if that isn't bad enough, <clears throat> now there's a freaking mind-speaking, hand-crawling <laughs> little boy. Rootin' tootin'. Rootin' tootin' little boy. <laughs> scootin' along. <laughs> rootin' tootin' and scootin'. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Um, well, yeah, that that sounds like it sounds like what we're chasing. I don't know how we're going to continue chasing it, though. Why, why didn't... You said the boule was hunting that thing? Coley speaks up. Ah, whatever this thing is, I doubt it's good for food. Whatever my... And he's like, he's especially after hearing a little boy's voice, he's... he's his eyes are just wide and broken. He's still just staring out that window. These things, they like to hunt things underground, too. If it felt something move by, if it came upon tunnels, it might think something big is coming back to eat. Maybe it's looking for a mate. I don't know. I have to believe it's connected. So, so how... I mean, can, can we fool this thing? We obviously can't wait it out. Like, what do you guys know about the, these boule? There's got to be something we can do. This is your land, like... You guys are the locals. Normally we whip them to pass. It's, it's, it's always been that way, but this one stuck around longer than any I've seen before. We can't wait here. A couple days. That's all I got for food now. And with all of us here and the horse, well, we're going to be eating that horse. Horse. suddenly <laughs> backs away into the corner and knocks over some dishes. So, uh... When this thing's on the ground, does it, does it hear us? Or does it feel us? No, no, it doesn't have much going for hearing, but you can feel through the ground. I believe, from what I understand, from what people have told me, they can sense tremors about 60 feet out. I'll, I'll take the horse. I'll take the horse, and I'll draw it out. Why don't, why don't we just, like, throw something? We don't need to take unnecessary risks here. We'd have to throw the horse. (laughs) I don't think we're going to fool this thing with a sack of potatoes. I'll take the horse. You guys run. North. I'll come back and meet you. We've seen it. The horse can outrun this thing. Easy. We just saw it. Like everyone looks at you. 
Chester, Jean Franklin, Oren, and Polder. I want to get closer to that hole anyways. I... Ward had that diamond. Holy shit. I want to see if... Maybe they dropped it. Is that why you got me so fucking stupid sometimes? Because I don't want to die in this house. No. Hold on, hold on. Look, I... I ain't gonna stand against that because I need to go too and get help. If I want to get this home back. I've been, ha- been trapped here for days and I need to go, but... Listen, if you're gonna do this, you're really gonna risk your life. At least stay the night. I can make whatever I can make for food. You can rest up before you move on. This thing's just gonna get further and further away. Yeah. It is. And Oren's just gripping the wall. Hands like light. That's gonna be your choice. You guys can take a rest here. I gotta say, from the first moment you said we were trapped, my brain went, "Mm?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you need a rest, don't you? You know that just beyond... I mean, I'm full HP and I've only used two spell slots, but... I don't have any bardic inspiration. And you hear Oren just like, like still looking out the window, and you realize the window he's looking out is facing north. It's just beyond those trees. Just beyond those trees. And they can't chase us through the trees. Once we hit them, we'll be fine. We're tangled in the roots. It won't bother. She's there. Kiana's there, and I... I'll defer to you guys. Whatever you think is best. I, My judgment ain't good here. And I ain't looking to get you killed. Well, it's up to you, Jeremy, because Zeb's ready to go. Zeb will go now, or... I mean, he's not going to, like... He's not going to, like, fight you to go now. You know what I mean? If you need to rest. It's up to you. There'll be consequences for waiting, but we'll also gain some utility back. Remember, Jean Franklin's also down a lot of his healing, too. He'd get that back as well. Yep. And right now... Oren is, or Coley. Sit with Coley for this arc, because he's currently in Coley features. Dropped all of his disguises, with a hat still on his head. But he is exhausted. He's definitely taken at least one level of exhaustion. If you keep going, there'll be a second one. <clears throat> Alright, well, it sounds like... Okay. Old man, we'll, uh... We'll help you get out of here. Call me uncle. Everyone calls me uncle. Uncle, we'll, we'll help you get out of here. Um... If, if you let us rest, I think, uh, I think it's too dangerous to go on looking like we do. As you come to this decision, see Coley just slumps against the wall, completely defeated. He wants so, so badly to go on, but he knows more than anyone that it's folly. As he sort of falls down, legs stretching out across the floor, back against the masonry, his head just hunches down into his hands. You hear him just crying softly. Zebulon, you still have the rainbow scarf. Polder sees that. Oh, no. The friend lost was a proclaimer. I don't know if we were quite ready to call Tungsten a friend, but, um... Yeah. No, not Ward. Oh, hell... Oh, it's a damn shame. Hey, hopefully they're with the Covenant Gods now. Persistent one. Damn. Hey, I'll, I'll fix you guys someday. You just take it easy here, right? 
I know it's hot in here, I know, but after that hand fell down my chimney, I ain't risking turning that fire off. Having burned my furniture. <laughs> Ran out of wood earlier today. That's okay, I, I kind of like the heat. <laughs> and he uh, muscles away into a small sort of kitchen in the back. I think Jean Franklin actually approaches you, Jules. You, uh... You could have died. You used your magic on me. I could feel it. It's what you do for people you care about. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you have to make it weird? No, I... Look, I... I don't do this often. And... Zebulon, you help too. You Come here, come here. Both of you, come here. Stand there. Nope, too close. Back up. There, fine. No, no, hang on. One, two, come on. Three. Thank you. Thank you. There. You're welcome. Yeah. He just turns away. <laughs> he walks up, storms the other side of the John. room. What? What? Not asking you to say anything you're uncomfortable with. Just want you to know we're in this together. <laughs> he quickly turns his head away again, but you manage to catch that slight total smile on his face before he does. Uh, as he kind of moves over, almost like he's inspecting the masonry on the wall, um, but very clearly just not wanting to show his face for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Chesta's been quiet. He's found a small seat, one of the bits of furniture that have not been burned yet. He just dropped down in it and like, holy shit. I think Jules goes over, sits down next to him, and he doesn't say anything, but I think he kind of puts his arm over Chester's shoulder and kind of grabs his head and just pulls his head into his chest. Chester doesn't say a word, he just sits there quietly. His eyes that were opened a little too wide before now close, and he just sort of rests you think about it, I mean, he's been through a lot on the streets of Tythos, but... This nothing, is different. This is nothing like Tythos. I think that's where Jules falls asleep, too. Maybe some hours later, you're woken up. I'm not sure, Zebulon, do you sleep now? Um, yeah, I think I think Zebulon's definitely getting ready to, to find a little spot to cozy up, but um, he wants to talk to Cully for a minute first. So he walks over to Cully. Cully's hands, her face still buried in his hands. And sits down next to him <laughs> quietly. Cully, what are you going to do when you find him? I don't know. First time I came out here, I, I vowed I'd never get anyone else killed like this again. And now, Ward, what do you think he is, Zebulon? Is he still my boy? He has a voice. He spoke. It's him, isn't it? It's Cully. He's not the Cully you knew. How do you know? Look around you. Look around us. There's hands. What does that mean? I don't know. And what of Kiana? What's... What's he... What's he gonna do to her? I, I, I don't know, but may, maybe maybe it's not too late for Kiana. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Cully. What do you want me to do? I don't want you to die. You're gonna kill him again, ain't you? I don't know. He was a sweet boy. You never knew him, and I, I wish you could have known him. He was a sweet, sweet boy. Come here to kill a bug. What is this? It's our lamb and so forsaken by the gods. That sweet boys become monsters. I don't, I don't know what's happening here on God's breath, but let's just focus on on what we can control. And actually, as you say that, you do hear him say, it's not to you. It's quiet, almost under his breath, just, it ain't just God's breath. What do you mean it ain't just God's breath? We got a bad here. We got the worst, but soon all the worlds will be like this. What is, what is it? What is this? The network doesn't like me talking about it, and so I never mentioned it. But they know and I know. Planar absorption. The theory of planar absorption. And Debbie, on your mind flashes back to the fall of the Sapphire as you were in the control room. Asking about what happens when you're gone. What, what's causing this? And Ariat. Imagine that could be anything. Could be the theory of planar absorption. You remember hearing this line before, but having no context, no knowledge of what it could mean. Was um, I'll tell you, it's, it's been a minute since I studied any planar um, inclusion, or but um, what what does what does this mean? A world's broken. We're not supposed to talk about it. Apparently there'd be too much panic if we did. Well, well, we might be too dead to panic pretty soon, so I'd, I'd kind of like to know what's going on, if you don't mind here. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It's just why I can't speak on the network to it. The speakers won't have it. We shut down faster than you can believe. They're afraid of it. Hell, I'm scared as hell. It might be what happened to Tythos, but they won't say our worlds. They are broken. They're slowly being absorbed into the planes that are supposed to feed into them. The elemental planes. The outer planes. The mirror realms like the Feywild. Shadowfell. Says that with a bit of a snarl. It's the very doomsday Shole tried to stop all those years ago when she founded the Citadel. It was happening then. And it slowed, way slowed, when the Citadel was awakened. The world's connected. But it didn't stop. So, so d- doesn't, doesn't Sholay know how to, how to stop this then? I don't think anyone knows. I don't think it can be stopped. Why are there these monsters here on God's breath, but Tythos just fell out of the sky? Tythos are strange. Now, most of the worlds have just one plane that they're more connected to, right? For Tythos, it was the, the plane of Earth. That's why their gem trade was so bountiful. They made out well, apart from the occasional zorn that came a-knocking in those mines. But, hell, Tythos did good. Most worlds got it worse than that. But, what happened? 
I mean, I can't understand. How? All I know is Tithos is gone. Taken in by the Keenan Gloom, perhaps. I don't know. They said that the folk there are dead. I don't know if they know it, but they sure as hell couldn't reach it. No amount of plane of magic they used, speakers and those they hired could get through to Tithos like it's just gone. So what, what's going to happen to the rest of the world if this keeps going? What's going to happen to God's breath? What's going to happen to all the other worlds? I can't speak too much. I just know what I've heard, but God's breath's case. Sooner or later, we're all going to be in the rattle. Every bit of land and sea on this world. Covered in mist. Smelling like blood. And filled with monsters. Nightmares. This is just too much. Yeah. And Cully just kind of turns away from you and buries his head in his hands again. And Zebulon just lies down on the floor and tries to get some sort of sleep. Before long, you hear snores from Cully's side, from Chester, who's still, I imagine, leading up against Jules. Jules sleeps as well, and slumber takes you too, Zeb. And you are awoken some time later. Outside, it's full day. Looks like mid-afternoon. And you wake up to the smell of fresh eggs. Sweet cornbread. Plates are handed out to each of you, and you eat quietly with polder. And that's done. The rest is done. And Coley's eyes are blazing again. The horse is given some feed, a couple carrots the dwindling store and the door is once again opened onto an empty field you rest on a hilltop looking down over this land and somewhere far to the north you see thick wood just abruptly standing there's a line of trees the finish line Zebulon you the horse steps out imagine like right onto the stone patio very carefully you're leading it from from the front of the house, Zebulon looks over to the hole where the boule dove down. Is there any sort of, like, shimmering glint in the grass? Roll me a perception check. All right. I feel like it would be stupid to use a button on this perception check. That's exactly why I'm going to do it. <laughs> Well, the uh, the button helped, but it's still just a 10. Now, what might help with that is I'm actually going to give you guys each a button. Ooh, all right. For some fantastic what? RP just there. All right. That, um, that feels better. That was some good stuff. I'll take it. That was good stuff. Thank you. Thank I'll let you, you use it before I reveal to getting it back. J- jingle, jingle your jar with me. That sounds nice. That Not sounds bad. nice. Not bad. You're going to want those because you're almost there. With a 10, I will say a 10 is the minimum you had to get, so that's fantastic. Not far down into the hole, as the sun is beaming just above you, you see a glint of something. It's probably about 10 feet down, lodged into the dirt on the side. Looks like it got pushed that way. Okay. What do you want to do? Okay, so here's how it's going to go. I'm going to get on 
and I'm going to ride that way. And Zeb points towards the hole. Wait till I get, wait till I get like, I don't know, a uh, hundred feet out. Wait until this thing starts to follow me. And then you all run that way. And he points north towards the trees. So imagine you, you stepped out very carefully, moved to the hole, looked down, saw that. And I mean, you, you would have been at the hole, so you're going to go back and ride. Oh, I thought you said the hole was like 60 feet away. You wouldn't be able to, oh, I, I assumed you walked to it because you looked at it. Because you wouldn't be able to see 10 feet down the oh, hole from. Um, yeah. Then, oh, he grabs it. <laughs> All right. Let's quickly <laughs> recontextualize here. Okay. Are you leading the horse to the hole? The horse is the horse nearby. What is what is what is everyone's position if you're going to go for this thing? Yeah, Zebulon walked the horse with him to the hole. Very carefully. Very carefully. He wants to reach down and try to grab this glinting object. You have to climb in. It's ten feet down, and you are a one foot tall lizard. He's five feet tall. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Um, Still okay. one-tenth of a Jeremy. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's going to climb down. Climb down the shifting hole. You walked your horse across. Everyone else is lined up at the house. I want a stealth check. And now that you're in the hole, I want it with disadvantage. With disadvantage? Oh, damn it. Well, since we changed up how things were going, I missed my opportunity to cast Bardic Inspiration on you. You can, I'll, you can still cast it. If you want to cast it, I'm not going not gonna to say you didn't. Yes. Okay. Golden mode around you as you're climbing in. Basically, it's almost like I want two checks. One for walking and one for going down. That's why I say disadvantage. Oh. Yeah. Um, so it's really okay. just two separate stealth checks, but you're making... You'd roll a 2d20. So. All right. Well, I, I, I just used one pretty sillily. This one has real serious consequence, though. Yes. So if you use your body conspiration die on this roll... Um, for an ability check, it can be rolled again. It can be rolled twice. Oh, so I just gain advantage. Yes. Okay. Uh, on, on the body Inspiration die. Not on your Oh, that's D20 cool. Roll. So you get advantage on the D6 as well. Oh, gotcha. That's gotcha. awesome. Okay. Um, wow, I love that. All right. Then I think Zebulon's stealth is high enough between the plus seven for stealth and the Bardic Inspiration with advantage on that. I, I think... I still need to use a button. I, I can't. I can't roll this with negate that disadvantage. disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It was technically supposed to be like two different checks. I just wanted to lump them together, so the button would be. Yeah, we'll fine. I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it, because I did say disadvantage. That's why I said, okay, well, let's stick with well, it. No, I mean we can do whatever you want to do. No, it's fine. This is, dipl- cool, this is diplomacy. We can, diplomacy. We can. We can you're, talk. You're, we can... you're sacrificing a button. No, no, That's I'm, a no, big no, sacrifice. no, I'm, no. I'm saying, let's talk about this. Dude, I'm going to be so pissed if it's just, like, a piece of pottery or some shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a pair of glasses. I'm actually just going to stick with this die. All right. So one roll, plus seven, plus the D6. Here we go. All right. Nine plus seven is 16. That's a one. Let's re-roll the D6. Okay. That's a six. So that's 22. 22. I'm going to make my perception roll. That was that was worth it. Yeah. Because this thing is Absolutely. waiting. 
percepting all around. You climb down, reach out, pull the diamond from the dirt and the soil. And it is the diamond. There's no other, no other sign of clothing. Maybe just a couple shreds down a little lower. But Ward looks like they were dragged deeper in or just consumed whole almost fully. And you climb out. Hops on the horse and uh, starts to ride away. And this time you are intentionally grabbing attention. So you pound past the hole. Everyone watching from the doorsteps getting ready to make their own run. Bardic inspiration gone. Button spent. Diamond in hand. Zebulon pockets it and gallops. And just as you're passing by the hole, just as you're really letting these shockwaves enter the, the dirt below you. This thing bursts up just beyond where you ride. And the chase begins anew. And we'll call it there! There!